This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Expanding reality. Bernie reality. Taylor, reality. pleasure to meet you, my friend. Uh, you're a friend of everyone, and so now I am grateful to be able to introduce you to my audience. Now, before we get into it, all the ways to find you, of course, are going to be located down in the show description. Your website, man, uh, Before Orion, highly recommend. Just if you're out there designing websites, folks, go take a look at it, the way it functions. Uh, the information on here is phenomenal. Author of a couple books here, and we're going to get into all of it. You have uh, phenomenal perspectives, and I just, like I said, cannot wait to introduce you to the audience. So without any further ado, let's do that, my friend. Uh, the folks out there that's not too familiar with you, in your own words, man, who are you? Well, we are friends through osmosis of our many mutual friends. Yes, sir. So we were friends before we were even connected. So I'm a naturalist. And that's how I see myself in the world. And as a naturalist, I'm sort of connected to the animals in the world, how they find themselves, themselves in time and space. Um, salmon don't follow one smart salmon and what and geese don't follow one smart goose how does it all work and if it if there is a theme to this could people have known about this in the distant past could hunter gatherers native americans where i live in portland oregon area who could have they have known is it in their rock art and if it's in their rock art could it be in rock art and traditions from tens of thousands of years ago as depicted in upper Paleolithic cave art and that's been my journey since about 2000 to explore these concepts and find who we truly are. Are we smarter today than we were 30, 40,000 years ago? Or do we just have better toys? And that is where we're gonna go today. I don't even know that we necessarily have better toys. Like we have some with like little lights on. <laughs> but I mean, as far as, you know, you hear about some of this ancient technology allegedly, or just some of the stuff that's been speculated even uh, from tool marks or lack thereof on some incredible stuff in stone their ability to sort of mold so like what was doing that what's moving these things the sound acoustic technology type stuff it's all awesome and we're here for all of it so we can't wait for this like this is going to be absolutely outstanding all the ways again guys located down in the show description where would you like to begin my friend well i believe a great place to begin would for me to show some images and while i'm showing talking about the images you play that guitar that's there in the background this little guy just strum a few chords, you know, just like just a little bit, you know, nothing heavy, you know, no rocking out. But, you know, so you decide if you want to you want to pick up, drop in with a little uh, with a little tune. I'm cool with it. That's but, fair. Uh, what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pull up a share screen and we're going to go places. We're going to go places in North America among Native Americans. And we're going to go deep in time, tens of thousands of years ago to our origin story. And the first thing I do is I hit share screen. And I'm gonna do a full screen, entire screen, and I'm gonna click it. Oh, and then you have like multiple versions of yourself. You're like in a multiverse, right? Wow, yeah. It's okay. Trippy as shit. Audio only audience, just wanna note here, uh, go ahead and check the show description located down in the show notes down there, that little area where we have all the links and such. Uh, find the video version of this, cause he does have a phenomenal bunch of uh, slides and presentations and pictures already it looks cool as shit and I know Bernie here so I know this is going to be amazing check this show description so you can get the full enjoyment of this uh, or just listen to the audio and then on the way home check it as well 
All right, Bernie. Absolutely. And now the presentation title is Meetings of the Earth and Sky. Okay. And we're not talking about ancient aliens here. I'm not down in ancient aliens, but this is not where, where we're going on this. Fair enough. And we're going to go to uh, Lakota and the Black Hills. The Lakotas are one of the many Native American nations. And the Black Hills are the kind of the intersection of South Dakota and Wyoming. If you've ever so I, when I came out to Oregon some 30 years ago, I came out from the East Coast and I drove by the black, through the Black Hills and I saw Mount Rushmore. And I remember seeing um, other uh, you know, geological formations on the way. And when I drove by, it was during, I believe it was during Clinton. And the, the federal government was in crisis and they'd shut down financially. So all the public parks were closed, but they were actually open because you could just walk in. So I went in from Mount Rushmore without paying the, the $5 fee. But I also didn't have the advantage of like the, you know, the, the hot chocolate and things like that. Yeah. But did you find the tunnel and the go in the back and find all the secret rooms and shit? No. Well, because we didn't Next have a guy. We'll with the you. guys were federal employees and they were off. <laughs> they were on vacation, paid vacation, unpaid vacation. Right on. So we're going to go into the Black Hills, the Black Hills. And the Lakota, the Lakota of the Black Hills traditionally would have a springtime migration or movement. And this was a, a you know, sacred group in the Lakota. This is not all the Lakota. And they would start outside of the Black Hills at a place they, at their winter camp. And in, in the winter camp, they would look to the night sky just before the sun rises, and they would see the constellation Triangulum because it looks like a teepee. You know, it's it's a triangular shape. And so they saw the paradoia in the night sky and they said, this is where this is our time and place. And then as they moved along, the, 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 the vernal equinox came along, they would start moving through in a clockwise fashion through the, the Black Hills. And when they reached the, the, the Harney Peak, which has lots of jagged peaks, they looked to the night sky before the sun rose and they saw the Pleiades and the seven seven stars of the Pleiades, which they saw as seven um, daughters. And the seven daughters, actually seven girls, seven girls, seven girls who were placed into the night sky by their hero, um, Starboy. And so it was a, a kind of a ceremonial um, way of protecting the girls. And then they move, they move through the night sky and they find the stars of Orion and Cirrus and, and Canis Major and also, again, the Pleiades as an animal. We really don't know what this animal is, but it's called Tiamni in Lakota. It's believed to be the uh, like the, the fetus of the buffalo, but no one actually really knows that, including Lakota. And then they move, they continue on. They, there's a the center of the Black Hills area where it's kind of just flat, and that's Pesla, which is the center of their cosmos. And then moving on to the next step, step is um, Bear's Lodge which is Gemini in the night sky as the, 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 the Greek constellation. And it's actually Bears Lodge Butte, which we know as Devil's Tower. Yeah. Okay. So now we're seeing things that we know. We're connected to the Lakota myth. This is not in their imagination. And we look at Devil's Tower, we saw these, these uh, vertical lines. And it, it's the Lakota tradition is that the star boy saves children by lifting the ground into the air as a butte. And as the butte is rising up, the bears are scratching down. And that's why we have these deep lines, these deep vertical lines in, in Devil's Tower, which was Bear Butte Lodge to Lakota Sioux, to Lakota, I shouldn't say Sioux. 
Sioux, by the way, is derogatory word among the Lakota. It's where the U.S. government used. It came from the French. So Devil's Tower is the place. It's, and at Devil's Tower, they had the Sundance. And everybody's heard of the Sundance one way or the other. Okay, And at the, the Sundance was held at the, at the summer solstice. So, And that's where they saw Gemini rising um, just before the, with the sun. And they would they would typically be a dancer that was on the sort of hanging on the pole, and there were dancers that went around it, and they had a they were sewn, so there was sinew that was sewn into their chest that they had to break through the dance, and the dance usually took two or three days. Hang on, they they had. But a, we're gonna we're gonna go deeper the back skin in time. On their chest. Oh yeah, they sewed it into their chest, and so as they danced around, they had to break free, and they couldn't they couldn't finish the dance they couldn't finish the dance until they broke free yeah we and, just sort of some people over that i just want to make sure that we caught the illustration here is a couple of um indigenous lakota right yeah uh, lakota yeah the lakota and what they, they they had to break through. and if they couldn't break through their own the elders would kind of pull them over pull them out because some of these people some of these dancers would faint before they broke free um so it was a uh, and you know you, you can identify lakota who's done the Sundance in the present time because you can see them their um the scars on their chest this is like the real deal Thank and you my understanding is that I wanted to make sure we pointed that out yeah white people can't go to this um unless you're some sort of Lakota white white mix okay but this is not a this is not a show and tell this is not Disney World this is a sacred tradition that's been going on for from the Lakota standpoint since time memorial um so what we're going to do now is we're going to go back deep in time. We're going to go back to 34,000 years ago into a deep cave. And this cave is Monte El Castillo. It's called the, the uh, El Castillo Cave in Cantabria, Spain. And Cantabria is at the northern part of, of the Iberian Peninsula. And I'm traveling there in September. Um, we're tra traveling there to not just visit this cave, but visit some of the landscapes in the area. Awesome. Uh, so we're – oh, sorry. So uh, we'll go to the gallery disc so we can look at it. It's about 10 meters across, uh, maybe four or five meters high, and there's a bunch of discs running across it. And we're going we're gonna to step into this, this cave, and we're going to see where the origin story is. In the same way that we looked at Lakota through the Black Hills. And um, so the, but can I ask you a question? Did you just hear some sound in the background? Uh, I did not. Okay, good, because I had this this. Uh, that's what we're good. Okay. Oh, so you're great. Up through my computer. Oh, yes, sir. You're... We're good. Okay. So well, on this panel, we find this teacher and the apprentice and the teacher has these big red, white eyes, the same just that run across the panel. And the teacher has kind of a big nose. He has, you can see kind of his hairline of sorts. And the, the apprentice looks like he's in amazement. And on the, the shoulder of the teacher is a, a golden eagle. It's a fledging golden eagle that stands about a foot tall. And we can tell it's fledging because it hasn't grown any wings yet. We can see we can see some down on its chest, and that fledging golden eagle becomes the hairline of the teacher. They become one. We find this this um, this character. Um, uh, I call him the, the, the cosmic man, and he wears a mask. If you look to to the viewer's left side, you can see that there's a there's a beak that comes off his mask. So he's he's become an avianoid, a bird man. And his right hand, he holds an egg, and his left hand is against the wall. And then he has his his left leg is raised as well. And he's a guy. We can look closely at the mask of this cosmic man, and we can see the we can see the the eye that is on his left side of his face. It's 
etched into the, the rock. We can see a lot of blue there. Then we can see a close-up look of the beak that comes off the side of his head. On the bottom, we can see his chin. We can see some teeth in there. Kind of a really cool image, about as cool as you can get. We look a take a closer look at this, and we can see that the teacher with the eagle on his face, when you turn your head to the left, becomes the mask of the cosmic man. So this teacher has transformed through the juvenile eagle into the cosmic man as this bird man, this avianoid, such that you find throughout Mesopotamian traditions. And we find a speckled mare. Um, you can see it's, it's kind of turning its head to its right and it's turning down and it's leaping forward. And uh, we call it speckled mare because we see the red disc speckling up the, the animal. Well, this horse, the Przewalski horse, which is now um, like in Siberia or something, and it's kind of mulish, doggish, however you want to put it, but it has a raised mane in the same way we find the raised mane on this, this gallery, this horse. And uh, the, the the this the man the cosmic man merges with this this horse to become this cosmic rider. They become one as of Greeks would have seen a centaur. We find a transformation between the um, another transformation is that another another character puts on a mask and he becomes um, the cosmic man. And if you look at his his uh, left hand and the his. His left hand be behind him, that is the same left hand as the cosmic man um, who has his, his uh, left hand against the wall. They're the same character on this journey. We also find a mother Iberian lynx, um, and we can, you can see the, the juvenile, the kitten, pushing up against the rough. And we can tell this is a really mid-June time period for the lynx as well, it's keeping the story in its time and it's time and place when we find a crab underneath the the um uh, underneath the ledge it's got huge claws um and i I've, i saw this it was about maybe about three years after i first saw the gallery of this image i saw the the origin of this particular crab and this, the origin of this crab is actually paradoia and it's Paradoir in the Rock of Gibraltar, which is a long way south. It's on the southern end of the Iberian Peninsula. And we can see the, um, the opening of the, the rock looks a lot like this crab. Pretty cool image. Now, one could say, well, that just you've, got, you've shown us a whole bunch of animals. Why can you just say just the crab? Well, we can look a little more detail in the crab, first of all, is we can see the actual the, the, the right arm and claw as paradoia in the rock. This is by the, by the nature, you know, the forces of God, whatever, however you want to say it. But the, the, the cave artist saw this as a crab, and it's right by the seashore. Well, we can look at another animal that we saw earlier, which is the, the horse. And we can find the, the features of the head of the horse in the same area on the rock of Gibraltar, just above the crab. We can see the raised mane, the Rosalski's horse, new to it. We can see the peak of the head, and we can see the under of the muzzle. So this is paradoia. Nobody etched, nobody engraved this in the rock of Gibraltar. By the way, the rock of Gibraltar is limestone, as is the Garibdis um, substrate. So nobody did this, okay? This is paradoia. But the cave artists saw the characters, they saw the features in this, and they moved forward and said, this is um, this is, you know, divine of sorts. We also find a monk seal, a huge monk seal in the panel. And uh, we can see the head of the monk seal again um, in Paradoia. We can see the hind flipper be in the same area. And this is on the north end of the rock of Gibraltar.
And we also find the spinning nose dolphin, a spinning bottlenose dolphin, I should say, and on the same gallery disc's face. The, the, that that paradoria saucer source of it on the practically the full length of the rock of Gibraltar. We can see the, the lower fluke, we can see the dorsal fin which sticks up, but more importantly, we can see the beak that beak mouth at the south end of the rock of Gibraltar. Really cool image. We're talking about paradoia. This was not made by divine forces, it wasn't made by ancient aliens. This was there already, and the, the ancient the Paleolithic artist saw the paradoia and was inspired by it such that he brought these images back to the cave. And so where do these, where does my illustration of the rock of Gibraltar come from? It comes from multiple sources, but I have two of them here. What the, on the top upper right, as you're looking at it, you can see the a photograph, recent photograph of the rock of Gibraltar. And below that, you can see a historical illustration from about 1800. And so I took out the man-made stuff and left in the, the meat of the rock of Gibraltar, of the length of it. Most importantly is look where the arrow is pointing. Underwater, there's a feature. Okay. Now, 30, 34,000 years ago, there was a lot of the, the ocean water was held in glaciers. So it was about 90 feet deeper than it is right now. It's actually 90 feet shallower, I should say. And so that feature that we see there is marked by the red would have been out of the water. We also find this theriantrope, the mix between the, the, um, um, the dolphin and the, the man that was transforming into the bird. So he becomes a merman of sorts. Find this, this female effigy on the gallery disc, and she, she looks pregnant to me, um, and she looks not very happy. And this, this female character is founded in Paradoia um, on the Jebel Musa, uh, Jebel Musa in Morocco, which is on the other strata side of the Strait of Gibraltar. Now, I didn't discover this. This is it. This is people in Morocco, they see Jebel Musa, but they don't see it as a pregnant woman, even though it looks like a pregnant woman. They, Jebel Musa is either biblical Moses or another biblical um, prophet. So the my suggestion is that they're finding all these characters in Paradoia in the natural world um, or in the natural geological world. We can look, the Strait of Gibraltar um, is at this point is only a few miles. I think it's, it's um, 10 miles or so. You can swim it in a few hours. It was a good swimmer can do it. And if you're standing on the rock Gibraltar in the southward, you can see Jebel Moose in the background. So people on both sides could see that there was another side. This is not any great mystery. And the Spanish coat of arms shows that the two pillars, so, so Hercules. And we find a breaching hunt, humpback whale also on the gallery disc. Really cool. It's kind of leaping out of the water. And we see our hero in the belly of the whale. Now, the humpback whale is also founded in Paradoia. It's, all, it's in Paradoia that overlaps with the, with the dolphin. And we remember earlier we saw the, the, the subsurface feature um, at the southern end of the rock of Gibraltar, and that becomes the fluke of the whale. So it's really cool. Um, and the rostrum, which is like so the mouth of sorts, sticks up at one end and the dorsal fin at the other. That's like pretty cool. Um, now, the humpback, our hero, is... Um, can't actually ride in, in the belly of the whale, but rather the hero is um, in the rush, in the um, in the ventral pleats of the of the whale. That's where Pinocchio was and Gestapo. They're in the they're not in the belly. They're in the the ventral pleats because nobody can actually ride the belly of the whale. 
and so those we have paradoia on the rock of Gibraltar that gives us this 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 um, image of the ventral pleats. And then so we can see them overlapped the, both the whale and the dolphin going in two different directions in the same space on the rock of Gibraltar. And we also find this this paradoia of a a face, and it's the same face as our apprentice with his big wide eyes, and I show it from multiple directions, multiple perspectives. And this is paradoia. Nobody created this. If you look at the top of the image, you can see an observatory to, to rel relate, see the scale. Now, it is possible that sometime in the distant past, people took ropes down and they you know, knocked out a few pieces to make the eyes a little better, but this is fundamentally paradoia. Um, and it's pretty amazing paradoia. From a from a concept, and on this um, going around the corner, going a little more north, we find our our uh, bird, our eagle, and at the, the the beak sort of comes off the top, and the the crest feathers are the flora, the the plants at the top of the ledge, and if you if you turn your head. You know, if you turn your head to the left, you can then see that the the, be the beak comes the becomes uh, on to the, the cosmic man's mask. The the cosmic man is not as clearly defined, or actually none of this is actually clearly defined, but we can see the relationship be between the two. And in this image on the gallery disc, actually the, the gallery disc is projected onto the uh, the characters, onto the rock Gibraltar. It's a little busy, but you can see where they all stand next to next to each other or swim or fly or they're all they're all there. And it took a lot of time to um, organize this image. And we can also see that this is not just a, it's a, it's also a geographic map because on the northern end of the, of the Gary disk, so the, if we tilt it up on one end, we can see that these are all Iberian animals. And on the other end of the di Gary disk, we can see the woman that became Jebel Musa. And in the middle, we find the, the, the marine animals. So that in the middle is the, the Strait of Gibraltar, and they all overlap with some degree with each other. Okay. Now, I was an astronomer before I started working on this stuff. I was an amateur astronomer, a very amateur astronomer. And I um, improved my game a little bit through this. And I dialed back the clock to 35,000 years ago using a program called Starry Night Pro. And it's a it's the same program that they use at, um, you know, if you go to a, um, a planetarium. And what we can see is, is that in that time and place in midsummer, we can line up the constellations and we can see that they are, in fact, the exact same constellations as the, the on the Gallery disk and that we found in the same order on the Rock Gibraltar. So on the north end, we find Hercules. And as we move south, we find Aquila. We find Pe uh, the, the, the eagle. Pegasus is the, the horse. And the, the, the eagle gives... Pegasus wings. Okay, so they merge together. Now we find Pisces, which is the whale swimming um, north and the dolphin swimming south. And Cetus becomes the seal um, that was changed by the, the ancient Greeks um, into a whale. So this is actually Cetus as a sea monster and they called it a whale. And the Greeks changed um, the dolphin in Pisces to two fish, which they inherited from the Mesopotamians because they, they already had some constellations. And so they put them in other places. So the dolphin becomes Delphinus and the whale becomes Cetus. Yeah. So when we, 
we, we can reconnect the earth and sky as we start the program is that the traditions of the Lakota are almost identical to those of the Apilid cave artists 34,000 years ago. So are these people connected? Um, Lakota were there since time immemorial. Well, we can actually travel around the world. We can find around the world. We can find many stellar traditions that connect the earth and the sky. And I would suggest that, yes, the Lakota found their own constellations, their own asterisms, because they looked to the night sky and Bear Butte Lodge, it looks a lot like Gemini, the Devil's Tower. And they saw that these peaks and these all these points in Harney Peak, and they said, "Well, there's a there's a seven here. We can call those the sisters." And they and they they start off in this the late winter, or actually the opening of spring, and they had their the teepees that looked a lot like triangular the constellations. And there's other features too that they, they project to the night sky in the same way the upper pillar of the cave artists did. But they each found these things independently, but they had the astronomical traditions going back for tens of thousands of years. The Lakota didn't invent astronomy. Um, they, but what they did is when people left Western North Africa and Europe and they traveled around the world, they took these traditions with them and they used new animals and new geological formations. They found new paradigm that they then projected into the night sky. So this didn't happen 12,000 years ago with magical peoples on, on ships after a comet blast. This goes back for tens of thousands of years that we find these traditions around the world. And it's just, I think it's amazing or it's awesome that we can find it in North America among Lakota. And so the Lakota had the Sundance. Um, so did the, the cave artists tens of thousands of years ago also have a dance that they connected with the cosmos, that they have such rituals? And I would say, of course they did. We don't know the details of it, but yes, they just didn't look at the night sky. They just didn't look at the paradoia in the rocks, and they just didn't you know, carve these on the walls of a cave. But there was, there was symbols and those rituals, those ceremonies about them that they connected all the three. And this is a quick blip of my webpage, beforeorion.com. I use Bernie Taylor Before Orion for everything. You can follow, you can subscribe. There's a lot of material out there. I love just doing it. And this is like my, my story. So I'm going to pull out a screen share now. And um, we can have a... We can have the talk. It was so cool. It's so interesting what you found. Uh, so you mentioned David Warner Matheson before we got on here. Have you uh, spoken to him or have you guys connected at all? Yeah, we've communicated over the years and he's a good guy. He's a really good guy. And he's he's taken it. He's on like his own spiritual journey, or right. his own psychological journey. And I think that is awesome. OK, um, I'm not on a psychological journey. I mean, not this perspective away. I'm actually looking historically. And what I think he does really well is he helps people to see constellations through his methodology. And that's so you went out there with contact in the cabin and you he helped you see the night sky. Um, this actually you could see the night sky, too, if you remember, because there's many other animals, many other constellations. If you remember the story, you align yourself north to south. You remember the story. You you can have your eyes closed and you can say where every constellation is. 
because they're all it's following the story. And the same way as the Lakota Sioux did, you're pointing in the right direction. You know where Gemini is going to rise. You know where the Pleiades is going to rise. And you know the story of how these this cosmoscape came to be through the bears that chased the, the, the children um, up the butte that was made by their, their hero Star, Star Boy. And we still see the, the styrations of the, of the bear's claws on there. And uh, so it's like, it's it's like awesome mythology. Um, so I've I've taken a different perspective because I'm going deeper in time, like deep, deep in time. And I don't believe this started 34,000 years ago. Um, I think because we see the record of it 34,000 years ago. So people were looking at the night sky. People were looking at these paradoia before the, before they ended putting them on the walls of caves. So could it have been 50,000? Could it have been 100,000? Could it have been 150,000 years? I've pushed up the clock from roughly 6,000 years for, for astronomy, known astronomy. I pushed it back that we can actually match it to 36,000 years ago. Why couldn't it have been 136,000 years ago? Yeah. There's no reason that why not. So what's your thoughts on that? Because establishment says that uh, age is not... Uh, mankind has not been as smart as we find evidence for us being back in the day, let's say, just for in ancient times, for lack of a better term. On your website, in fact, you have something about Gobekli Tepe. So what what have you found that kind of, do you agree with the official narrative as far as the mainstream goes with that? Yeah, Gobekli Tepe is a good one. And this is the, this I think will be the, I've done over a hundred podcasts and I've done a lot of conferences, like academic conferences. And I think right now this might be the first or second time that I talk about Gobekli Tepe. Really? Because you because you asked the question. Well, you have it on your website. I thought it was awesome. I have to ask you if you're. Oh, yes. But I never talked about it in terms of astronomy. What I did was I was I was debunking somebody else's stuff. (laughs) Uh, Now I'm curious about both both instances. What's your whole take on Gobekli Tepe? Let's talk about it. Absolutely. This is this is the story. Okay. So Gobekli Tepe arises between 11, 12,000 years ago. It, it's, you know, more or less. Okay. S- something else happens at 12,000 years ago. Cave art in Europe ends. It just stops. No more. So the younger Dryas would t- have taken a part in that. Okay. But what also happens is a rock art just explodes in, in North Africa. And we actually can see there's a DNA, DNA backwash about 12,000 years ago into North Africa. So North Africa, the Sahara is, is the greatest museum in the world. But, you know, the, it's also Sahara is a big place, too. Um, so 12,000 years ago, people started moving out of the Iberian Peninsula and they moved south. And maybe they moved to Turkey, the Armenian Plateau. So what's the link? Well, there's a few links. One link is language. So the language, the, the current indigenous people of north, northern Spain are the Basque. And the Basque are some like, enigmatic as people like, where did they come from? Because the, their language doesn't tie to any groups, other European language groups, Indo-European. Well, they actually do tie to Armenian. And the Armenian has been yelling about this for about 100 years. And the Basques say, well, where's the, where's the archaeological evidence? And what, but also what the Armenians are saying is that they brought the language over 7,000 years ago when they brought agriculture to Europe. So seven to 8,000 years ago, because agriculture, we, we can see where it developed now in the region of Gobekli Tepe. Okay. But what came first, the art at Gobekli Tepe or the dawn of agriculture? Gobekli Tepe. Because remember, Gobekli Tepe was made by hunter-gatherers, not by people who had agriculture. Agriculture came later. 
But do you think- so if there's a connection between the two, it wasn't 7,000 years ago. It had to be 10 to 12,000 years ago, right? Logically, right? So this is interesting. So I showed you this image of the, 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 the teacher who transforms into a bird man, okay? okay. And he, that image is at Govecu Tepe. Okay, so here it is. Everybody's been looking at it. They've been calling it the vulture. Well, first, and we can like take a quick look at that vulture. First of all, the it's it's not a vulture or, or it's an eagle. It's it's a raptor beak. That's what we have, a raptor beak. The head is round. And so vultures and eagles don't have round heads. They have flat heads. So therefore, it is not a vulture or an eagle, but it has an eagle, a, a vulture beak. The arms are way too short for for any kind of raptor. So, so someone, someone put the arms on it, and I have no idea what's going to the legs, but they have nothing to do with vultures. But there's a key, there's a key ingredient to that image, and that he has a the, the character has a V neck, a V neck. All right, look at the V neck. Okay, vultures and eagles don't have V necks; they don't have long, they don't have that long thing going on either. But if there's a museum tied to Gobekli Tepe that has the characters. A man, a human character with a V-neck. So what we have going on there is we have a human putting on the the persona and the the wings and the beaks and so on of a beak of a raptor to become a birdman. So we have this. That's an avianoid. That is not a. And people can go look online. I challenge anybody to find a, a raptor with a round head like that. Um, it doesn't exist. <laughs> it's not. It's not a thing. It just isn't a thing. So what we do have is a birdman, and very very interesting is that we find a we find below the birdman we find a scorpion. Scorpion. Now this Gopiktep is on the Armenian plateau. And they didn't have crabs. So what we really look we're looking at the same image we saw in the gallery, just that originates from the rock Gibraltar. We have the man, the the teacher who transforms into the birdman through the constellation Aquila, and he below him, he has the crab, but since they didn't have crabs, they changed it to a scorpion, okay? So this is the same, this is the same image that we find, we found at the Rock of Gibraltar, we, we find on the, um, in the Gower of Dis, and we find it in the night sky. So people are talking about sickness and all this sort of stuff, they're off, they're completely off. They're, they're, they're missing that it's not a vulture, totally impossible to be a vulture. They're missing that it is a bird man. It is a shamanic type of character. I don't like to use the word shaman because it's really a Siberian word. But this is a shamanic character who has transformed to go on his spiritual journey through both the night sky and the terrestrial plane. And we find this we find this character, Gobekli is about 10,000 years ago, right? Which comes after the the gallery of discs now i find the same character in other upper paleolithic images and th that are between 30 36 to about twenty-two thousand years ago so this was a tradition through the up through the upper paleolithic the ice, ice age that when these people they left france and what is now france and spain when they went to uh, turkey the Imer armenian plateau and when they brought their language to the people in Turkey, they made these great monuments. And then 7,000 years ago, when the Armenians brought, 8,000 years ago, when they brought agriculture, 
back into um, what is now Spain, it reconnects. So there are words. So I've actually, I've been, we've talked about Paradolia in the mountains and represented in the caves. Actually, multiple examples of the same thing going out through time. And what happened is early on, they had like one one geographical, basically geological site that had lots of Paradolia that became lots of constellations. But as they, they spread out, they couldn't refine that same geological formation because it's impossible because there's so much detail. So what they did was they would find this mountain looks like a bear, this mountain looks like an elephant, and this mountain looks like an eagle. Okay. So the work, we, we have Basque names for those mountains. One of them is called Chindoki. Chindoki has, it has no, no current meaning. Chin actually has no meaning in Basque. It just means that's Chin. Doki means place. But Chin and Doki have meanings in Armenia. And Chin means bad. So it means bad place. But it's not really a bad place. It's, it, is, it is a place. And Chindoki in Basque tradition is where their, their, their deity, Mari, who is like the chief deity, lives. And storms come from behind Chindoki. And behind Chindoki, this, this mountain, from the perspective that you look at it from the cave art, there's a cave. It's called Marizolo, which is Mary's cave. So Mary actually, they, they still think that. And, and, Ch- and Basque people still climb the mountain, and they still revere Mary as coming from this, this cave. And we find this Chindoki, and um, we find it in two different caves. And they're roughly five or 6,000 years apart, and they're both in that northern area of Spain. So, so we're Gobekli Tepe. Okay, so in summary, Gobekli Tepe tradition came from Upper Paleolithic Europe. It came from these Ice Age artists, and it came from geological places. And when these people trout, when these people left during the Younger Dryas, and people can argue all day long about the Younger Dryas how it came to be, but when they left, they traveled and they they went to South Africa, or actually North Africa, I should say, and they went to um, the Armenian Plateau, where Art didn't emerge from nowhere. This is art that already existed. The difference is, is that they, when they moved, they didn't find the same caves. They couldn't find these sort of caves that they find these limestone walls that they could etch into them. So they created caves with the pillars. So all they need is a dome, the top, and they create that darkness. So you can have darkness during the daytime with the ceremony. They created the caves and they created this sort of this cave art simulation within these, these tepi structures as multiple, multiple of them. The timing all works out. Now, on this cosmic impact thing, the so-called t- cosmic impact is 1,300 years before the beginning of Gobekli Tepe. doesn't match. People generally – people just like say, wow, it just happened. It didn't just happen because it, there may have been a comet impact. I have no, no issue in that one. And that was the article you saw in, in the, astro, the, uh, the Physics Today. And I said um, – I said that that's um, that's um, cataclysmal or catastrophism. It's a way of it's like the Mayan calendar ends in the world ends, right? It's the same concept, same people. But what I'm saying is that it's it is the same narrative of looking at the night sky. And they the only thing they do is they switch the scorpion for the the for the um, the crab. But here's what's interesting: in Greek mythology, the Hercules, when he goes to the shore, he fights with this huge crab called Cornicos, and it grabs his leg, in which you can actually see in that image. You, you can see the crab is next to the man's leg, and he kicks the crab that goes into the n- other end of the night sky as the constellation Cancer, and in its place is a scorpion and another mythology. So, so what we do have is the 
the original story has a crab that we find in the paradoia, but the, the story changed as it traveled when there were no more cra marine crabs to fill in that place. And so they switched it out with another, I'm not sure what the right word is for crabs and scorpions, but they, they swapped they swap them out. And that's why you have the scorpion Echo Beckley Tepe and not a crab, because the myth had already evolved as it moved. When the Greeks picked up the myth, the they didn't they had you know they had to explain why the crab was cancer over here because they inherited it from other traditions. Damn, that's interesting. Side note, do you think that scorpions look like lobsters like their mermaids? Look at lobsters like their mermaids? Yeah, I kind of do. Yeah. So whatever the word is, um, but that that's not the merman we saw in the image, but they, no, so it became the they yeah, they, they swap they swapped the two out. Yeah. But it is interesting that the mythology changed out. It's just from a crest station to sort of a land station. You know, they they just have the yeah. similar claws and crawl on the ground. So I get the similarities between the two and you could just replace that in your land based mythologies rather than the sea based one. And it is yeah. interesting what you said about the vulture man, uh, the man in the in the costume here, because uh, and I'll just pull it back up here again. Audio only audience. If you have not yet checked the top link in the show description, we're having fun online over here. We're showing pictures and shit. Okay. Hey, but you got to get on. You got to look at the images. This is the story. Oh this God. is the story that changes all stories. That we're rewriting history on this podcast right now. Right, meow. Bring it, Bernie Taylor. I love this. You got me fired up, dude. So this is the scorpion you were talking about that's reaching towards the leg. And then mythology, he then boots that yeets this thing out or the crab, right? Or he yeets the crab. Yeah, yeah. Hercules kicks the crab across the sky. And the scorpion's But he fights with the, the crab cornicos in the in his labor yeah and it's also represented in this pillar in, uh, in gobekli tepe and it's also interesting too because you have another round-headed bird here uh this one looks more crane-like or pelican perhaps if that is what that is and we're not missing half of it but here we have another circular headed bird but it does not have necessarily the delineation in the v-neck so this does right, so it is it is a point. so it is a uh and the hero on his journey he encounters animals that he 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 becomes part of, he interacts with a melt or like a theorem but there's other animals in his environment. Yeah. And it makes, I like the, your assessment though is, is sort of backed up here by the fact that there's a line here and it does look like a mask rather than the bird that flows here. It's only a mask, obviously a mask. Come on. It doesn't look like, you gotta say, Bernie, I'm a believer. Bernie, I'm looking at your work and I find it very interesting. Check this out though. This, these bags at the top, have you yeah. noticed this? Have you, uh, yes. you talk about this? No freaking idea. And the, you've heard about being um, the summer solstice and the winter solstice. I don't buy it. I don't know what it is. Um, and somebody needs – you can't come up with a good argument for what these these bags are, if in fact they are bags, yeah. until you've actually deciphered the, the shamanic character with the vulture mask. So it's all part, it's all part of the same scene. So I actually haven't gone there. I've been working on other stuff, and I was gonna, what we're doing right now. I was going to do this winter on podcasts, but you asked the question. Oh, dude, we're so we're ahead I mean, you like blew my it. program. Well, it's good because yeah. then maybe later on, maybe we're bringing things up here. You know, and this is a safe place to learn and grow. But together, absolutely, yeah. Walking Nobody's listening. Everybody. <laughs> so if you, but if you look here, you obviously have a these bags here. Again, we're just going to call them bags for the sake of um, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then there's a hand, a seeming hand reaching down from the top of this thing. If you can see it. Uh, it's actually some sort of, I think it's like an animal. It looks, look like a, 
I don't know what it is, but it's an animal. The reason I bring it up is because if you look at the Sumerians, um, they actually have this hand represented in that way. And so yes. just okay, sort freeze of right there. Wait, 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 freeze right there. Sure. Because what, what do you also see in this image? Uh -huh. You see a bird man. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. And oh, you can go around the world and you can more. find the bird man, whether it looks like these there you go. or it, it's a and it's Sumerian. a native indigenous person with a headdress. Yeah. So this is where it starts. We're going actually doesn't where it starts. Where we pick it up is 30, 34, 36,000 years ago in the upper Paleolithic cave art by the man that overlaps with the bird to become a bird man. But the tradition is probably much older. But we so all these come from the same place. Every one of them. This is not something we, and you can also find the, the the fish man in these Mesopotamian images, too. And we saw the merman, which is a fish man. Yeah. So we're finding the same characters over and over again. So lots of people, they're like bouncing back and forth and go Beckley Tepe and Mesopotamia. What's the connection? The connection is tens of thousands of years earlier. The story did not start at Gobekli Tepe. Now, I'm a huge fan of Gobekli Tepe. But let's in terms of the timeline of what we're talking about. I'm here in Portland, Oregon, and we're going to call the present being in Jacksonville, Florida. OK, Jacksonville, cool place. Right. Love it. You know who came that the free free bird people came from Jacksonville. Skinner we wrote the song about Sweet Home Alabama. Right. Yeah. We never went there. But anyway, the um, <laughs> but anyway, storyline is that if you travel from Portland on this timeline, Nashville is Gobekli Tepe. And then we're in the present around here in in um, in Jacksonville, Florida. Okay, think about that timeline. The story, music, the story did not start in Nashville. Love country music. Turn it on once in a while. Okay, but the story is tens of thousands of years before Gobekli Tepe in traditions of caricatures, astronomy, and art that they inherited and then much you know, so actually well jackson we'll call that ancient mesopotamia right okay and uh all these images you're seeing right here we're right now we're in we're in miami okay and uh so that's think about that timeline now it's pretty hot in miami right now it's probably like 110 degrees or something but the so these characters that we see in ancient mesopotamia in in jacksonville come from much earlier traditions and they didn't get it from gobekli tepe because gobekli tepe was buried under the ground they they picked it up from other earlier tradition people who had been to these caves such as the phoenicians the Phoenicians been, went to the caves and they brought back all this stuff and they, they also brought it to the ancient egyptians who then transferred it in, through the greeks so these traditions these ideas these characters the symbology these this astronomy is just so much earlier when people are looking about Gobekli Tepe is the birthplace of, you know, temples and civilization, all that sort of stuff. It's a great story. You could probably sell it on ancient aliens, but it has no basis in prehistory because today you made the connections between the whole bunch of them. Yeah, they're right here. I mean, it, it, many different cultures. There's the fish gods you were talking about. It even looks like Teotihuacan over here and then Sumerian. And then you also had Mayan represented over here next to another depiction of a Sumerian god. And it is interesting. Okay, so so the bags, okay, for the for the Mesopotamian bags, um, I I have no opinion on those bags, but I do have an opinion that the Mesopotamian birdman traditions come back tens of thousands of years before them. It wasn't twelve thousand years ago. Magical people sailed around the earth and taught brown people how to stack rocks. It is a tradition that goes back tens of thousands of years that went across Europe, that went across Asia, went across the Beringia, the, the Strait. 
the Bering Strait, went into North, the Americas, North America, down to South America. And we find we find these traditions. We don't find it in the art of Native Americans. And we find it in their ceremonial garb. We find the Birdman freaking everywhere. Yeah. And we the first Birdman we see is at the Strait of Gibraltar, and we see it depicted in the gallery disc. So you're you're thinking all of this was anthropomorphized from the Strait of Gibraltar first, and then also connected to the heavens, or do you think that they it was a global civilization that had it connected to the heavens, and therefore just sort of had a scorpion instead of a crab, but they sort of had a connected mythology. Or so back to the question: Was it the rock that inspired the mythology, or the mythology that inspired? Was inspired by the rock inspired the mythology. The rock inspired the astronomy. Okay, that astronomy. Thank you. Okay. And that's why a lot of astro the characters in astronomy don't look anything like the animals we think they are. <laughs> it's because they were founded in astronomy is paradoia the constellations, and they founded another paradoia that was at the, the rock of Gibraltar. Now you just asked a question that I didn't answer myself until about a month ago. And you didn't, you didn't even know you were asking the question. So about a month ago, there was a huge find in South Africa. Homo Naledi buries a, buries a dead and and makes art. Do you remember that in the news? I do it was not. like splashed everywhere. It was like everywhere. Anyway. To be fair, CBS, I don't want to see it. Okay. So anyway, so they're saying, they're saying 250, 300,000 years ago, Homo Naledi was just as smart as Homo sapiens, meaning us. And they made art and they buried the dead. So I have no opinion on the bury the dead thing, but I actually looked at the art. Okay, <laughs> it is identical. I mean, absolutely identical to Homo sapien art at the Strait of Gibraltar, and I'm sorry, at, at the rock in the Rock of Gibraltar. It's called Gorm's Cave. It's exactly identical. The same characters in the same order. What was it okay. called? It's called. It's called. The, well, the the Gorm's Cave is the one in. Um, pull up my webpage before Ryan.com and go to the blog link and it One shows pair. the images. It's called Gorham's Cave, and I call it the Gorham Etching. And the, but the cave in South Africa, which is also on the blog, is called the Rising Star Cave. There you go, right at the top. Give it a click. You're, you're like really good at this stuff, by the way. Dude, do you have a great I've only, had, I've only been on one of the podcasts that was as good as you in doing this. And the other podcast had two people. and One was <laughs> running the was running. And you, of course, know who they are. Oh, Crimerica, our boys. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <the> boys. <laughs> one guy's one guy's running and the other guy's doing the interview. So mm -hmm. that's a Gorham cake right now. Go, go, go up a little bit. Go up, go up, up, up. So that, that's called that's a go, go down. Okay, stop. Freeze. Freeze cool. frame. Boom. You can play that in your guitar. Okay, so this is called the Gorham etching. And all the images, except the one you see in front of you of this etching, are engraving, are covered with dirt. They're literally covered with dirt. And I bought the image from the photographer, the clean image. And so that's what I was using. And it's um, it's absolutely it's absolutely full of paradoia. So what we're going to do is we're going to just go up a little bit. We're going to skip two screens. Two, two images, go up, 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 go up one more. Okay, go right there, there, freeze there. It's the same thing. Now, the, the people who, the guys who went to the, who were in the, the South African cave, they recognized that the, the, the great, the hashtag was sort of the same, but they discounted it because they, they wanted to show that it was intentional art, but they didn't actually look if there was anything in the intentional art because they just said, well, this cave, 
nobody's been there since 300,000 years ago. Therefore, it must be Homo naledi. They didn't know anybody had been in there since 300,000 years ago. So we're going to, we're going to, before you we go down, can, can you take a look? Do you see anything yourself? And it's okay if you don't. I'm, I'm just looking here at a, at a few things. Uh, over here in the upper right, there seems to be a few different characters that I, I suppose upon closer inspection, if we could zoom in maybe. Uh, looking right here, it looks sort of like a seal or a whale, maybe. It's a bird. It's a bird. Yeah, good. So what you see, you see is a neck and a, a, a head and a beak. So that's a bird, yeah. In fact, a bird's coming out of a nest. Right here. Yeah, so that's a nest, yeah. So it's popping out. So it's a, it's a, it's a I don't know, what do you call a bird that pops out of a nest? Uh, out of a, an egg. Oh, so yeah, yeah that's good. Bird. So what you're doing, you're seeing patterns. That's really good. And you're not just seeing patterns because we just did the whole thing with the gallery of discs and the rocket Gibraltar. But you're you you visually have the ability to see patterns, whereas other people maybe they're like really good at like counting numbers. Okay. So, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna go down a little bit. We're gonna drop down a few frames. Go go down. Go go. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Go up up up. Up, down, 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 down. Actually, go, okay, freeze, freeze frame. Okay, and what we see is when you were looking at the top here, you're starting to see some, something going on. That's the head of a, uh, the head and neck of a bear, standing bear. Up here. And on the bottom is we see this huge head of a right here. Um, profile of a bear. Isn't that cool? Yeah, now I see it. Yep, yep, yep. See the little ear. Now you see, you see the ear. Yeah. And first time I drew this, I didn't get the ear right. And uh, because I'm right handed and I couldn't see around what I was actually um, tracing, really tracing. And um, you can see the eye down there. Um, pretty cool. I mean, this is about as cool as cool as it gets. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. And this is covered with some sort of the, the, the sand or whatever it is in the bottom of the cave. So you're not looking at colors. Right. Um, this looks like a little dragon. So anyway, we're um, we 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 see characters, and this is actually identical to. Which drop down? We can see some more. Yeah. The, before we move on, this looks like a dragonfly. Is that anything, or are they indigenous to the area at all? Mm, the dragonfly. Two, yeah, the two wings here, and then the long body, the thorax. I don't know if this is. Um, anything. You know, I I don't see that, but I'm gonna. I think that's cool. I'm gonna go actually look at that. Yeah, you might get. I'm gonna go look at that. that. Just kind of this area here, and it's actually you could see it a little better in this other picture. Yeah, my screen's too small. Right here, that's okay. Sort of right yeah. here, you know. It sort of looks like a maybe, I don't know, little dragonfly. Anyway, all right, let's go. So how I do it? Hang on, hang on. Uh, I've got an advantage that you don't have, <laughs> and what I do oh, is man. I print them out on. Big, oh, awesome. Yeah, I know it's awesome. So it's and I take it out. Of, I get the images. I take it out of Kinko, and good. let me see if I see that one. Is so. Don't go anywhere. The problem oh, is I got a lot of these things. You need the and working on. You're okay. Why are you multiple projects? But anyway, let's let's con let's continue down the screen. I'll find you. I'll take out your dragonfly later. Yeah, and then I was and, uh, to see if you laid this pattern over something like Nazca lines or something to see if it it matched up. Or so the answer is, uh, the answer is no, and Nazca lines totally defound me. Okay, I know, right? And uh, yeah, so here is actually what you look. The cool images is where A there is actually the actually B B is a mother bear with the cubs between her four legs. Uh, right here, I see it. Yeah, isn't that cool? That is very cool. So that's actually the same bear. 
as you just saw earlier. Okay. And there may be some cubs between the bottom bear, actually the bottom one in the in the earlier image with the, the profile. It is, the, in fact, the same bear. And there's other characters on this panel that we can go around and see that they are, in fact, the same animals and in the same order. Sometimes upside down relative to each other, but they, in fact, are the same, the same ones. And I do a, I do a two-minute maybe three minute video on the the Goran bears and i go through this that these are actually this is ursa major traveling through the night sky oh. and the the hashtag is the is the the lines in ursa major has <laughs> a true so the bears travel with the lines that is ursa major that is in the night sky and the origin of this image is a place called mohassan that is um, the tallest mountain on the iberian peninsula it's it's um, the bot it's like the bottom fifth of the peninsula on the Mediterranean side. So it has a paradoidal origin, just like the other ones that we saw with the, the rock Gibraltar. It's very cool. And it looks down here almost, I, I'm sure this is probably a bear claw that you've noticed, but do you think this could be a man's hand putting a bear mask on? No, what we have actually there is you have climbing bears. There's two climbing bears. Right I'm going to tell you a little about the life, the life of a bear. Okay. So we're here, right? Yeah. So, Bears teach, teach, mother bear teaches their clubs, cubs to climb a tree um, whenever there's danger. And at a certain point of life, when the mother needs to move off from the cubs, the mother um, chases them up a tree and then she runs so they can't find her. And that's, that's it's how the mother bear works. Okay. And so what we see in that image is we see the mother bear. First, she has the cubs between her legs. And then the, the cubs get older where you saw that hand and we, they're actually climbing. And in mythology, you typically find the bears are climbing into the sky at that season. That's how, and that's how Ursa Major, because it actually turns, right? The constellation turn, turns, and then, um, and then there's another mother bear at the top of the uh, top of the, uh, the D at the image. But let's not stick on this one because this this is Gorham, right? That's what awesome. we want to know is, um, oh, here's the mother bear, the gallery of discs, which we didn't do. Mother bear looking at her cubs climb the tree, right? Oh, and, uh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it. You see it, right? And by the way, the first time I saw this, I was like, what the heck are they doing? Are they sleeping? Is she teaching them how to dance? I don't know. But then I, I you know, kind of look back into what, what are the life of the mother bear. Look at this. It looks like mom bear's dead because her eyes are closed and baby bear's like, huh? and his mouth is open right here. He's like, oh, no. Yeah, she's chasing him up a tree. Yeah. And that's why they have their arms out like that in the same way that you saw it on the previous image. Mm. Okay. And uh, so here's, this is another on that, Rising Star Cave, so-called Homo Naledi, but it's not in South Africa. And we see a, ma a horse. And what they did was, this is in relief. So they saw the, what we see is that called like the muzzle or head of the horse was probably out a little bit, it was extruded. And then they they chipped it off a little bit and then they, they dug into it. So they found natural lines on the panel that they then sort of sculpted out. Yeah, a lot of a lot of indigenous peoples do this. I've I've seen this quite a bit. This is very interesting. Then we find the horse on, we previously saw on the gallery of discs. I'm curious if you've detect uh, deciphered the speckles. What do they mean? Is it, are they a counting system of some kind, or are they to orient the image? Well, they're all so based on the direction of the constellations we saw earlier. They're they're, they're all north to south. Right. So right away, it's about navigation. And you have but what they are is these animals will overlap with each other. If you could separate the animals, they become stars in the constellations of the animals. And I started to do that. It's a lot of work because I'm 
I can see what it is. I don't need to sell the work. So I, I continued on this this direction of finding more examples of the same rather than, I mean, the intensity of it is, I mean, it would take me a year to literally do it. So right. we find this other mayor on the Gore Metching. And so we find a mayor on both the Gower Disc. We find a horse on the on the Gore Metching. And we find it on the, the Rising Star Cave. And then on this Rising Star Cave panel, we find a... A giraffe. In fact, we had two giraffes, and this stumped me for a little bit. And the, the small giraffe is that to, to your left. Yeah, I see my this left. Yeah, yeah, it's that. And so there, the mother giraffe is the juvenile is nuzzled up against the mother, and they're both sleeping. Oh, the head's here. Yes, that's the head. So the you can see. Here. So the top of so on the, the bottom you, of the the juvenile, you see the horns, and the top you see the the muzzle. Yeah, I see it. Isn't that cool? Well, that is very cool. Is that that's like that's like yeah, wow. And then little. And this, this, so they didn't look at the images. The, the research team and they went out to the the world press, and freaking everywhere, saying that they had discovered Homunaledi art. Homunaledi was just as smart as we are, and maybe they were, maybe they weren't. But this is not Homunaledi art. So here's a on another panel we have a giraffe, and there's some more images going on there, but they're too dirty for me to figure it out. Okay. Um, and then here we have a giraffe on the gallery disc, which we didn't do. And we have the mother, the, the juvenile wrapped around the neck against the mother. You see that? Cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Is, it's awesome. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't go there. I mean, because, yeah. Okay. And then we find two more giraffes on the on the Gore matching, which I showed earlier. Now, this is where, now I'm going to put freeze frame right now. This is interesting. Okay. So when I was working on the, the, the gallery disc image back in 2000 and 14, 15, uh, something was helping me. He's a wildlife biologist. And he identified the gallery of this one with, you know, that we saw as a Maasai giraffe. Now, this guy knows if it's a Maasai giraffe, which is from South Africa, he knows it's a Maasai giraffe. This is the world's foremost biologist, wildlife biologist, who was the mentor of who was a mentor of Jane Goodall. OK, so, so when he says it is, it is. OK. And we, we scratched out chins and we said, well, maybe Maasai giraffes were further north in Africa. And so we cut, cause there's giraffes in North Africa at this point. And who knows what was here, what, which giraffes were there 36,000 years ago. And so we just scratched our chins and we just like, okay, well, I'm not gonna go there. Well, when this thing popped up in South Africa with, with giraffes, I recognized that my elk garavdis giraffe, Maasai giraffe, is that my giraffe? They're connected. It's the same narrative, the same story. So those people in South Africa had been to the IBM Peninsula. They had been to the Rock of Gibraltar. They had been, they had seen these same images because they're both Maasai giraffes. Damn. What constellation does the giraffe represent? Do you know, or does it? I don't know. In fact, I have, I have like 90% of them, but the giraffe is one of them. I can guess, but I don't know. I don't know. You guess. And uh, because it's a, it, it is a lost constellation. Now, there's, there's, there's a, between the three images, before I showed you that the, on the gallery, just the dolphin and the whale over, inter, inter, overlap with each other. Mm -hmm. On the Rising Star Cave, we found a shark and a whale overlap with each other. Yeah, right here is a shark. You can see that. You see? that and then you can see the whale at the top. And you can see the ventral pleats where it's all pecked out to the um, below, to yeah, down that's the ventral pleats. Right. Yeah. You're learning like all about mammal biology today, aren't you? I love it. It's a mammalian. Yeah. A mammal, Marine a biology. I was going to say a mammalian, but there you go. And so here we found that we found this earlier with the dolphin and the, the whale on the, on the gallery of discs. 
and then we find a oh, um right there bam we find elephants there's a there's two elephants it's at least two elephants and the mother is over the over the juvenile the smaller one yeah cool stuff right it's very cool and what you're looking at is they pecked out they this whole thing is in relief in the same way as gobekli tepe images are so they they knocked out around it so that the, the elephants this whole part of the elephant area was lifted and then negative we find elephants on the, the gore matching too now we've the the where the elephants are on the gore matching and the and the um this south african cave are in the exact same positions relative to each other as are the giraffes and as are those marine animals you just saw wow. we'll see that later i kind of overlap yeah, this, I do a, this negative relief just to go back to go beckley tempe for just a second just to show an example of it and how challenging this is and this is so I'm just to be clear here from something you said earlier, was it that you you think that agriculture came after this, that they basically yes, absolutely. Agriculture came after right Gobekli Tepe. Look at that. There's no argument about that. There's no argument. But remember, the upper pellet. So this is cool stuff. But how yeah. does this compare to the gallery of discs? Well, the, oh, so this is a non 35,000 year weathered version of what it probably looked like earlier or something like this. A little no, no, no. What I'm saying that there. Gobekli Tepe is 11, 12, 11,000 years or so right. ago. Right. And but, so the ones we were showing in your blog are the much older ones, but they may have looked something like this before they got weathered down by. No, you know, they did because they're all in deep caves, so they didn't get weathered. So in terms of the, they didn't get weathered because they're in deep caves and they right. weren't exposed to the elements. So what we're seeing, though, on Gobekli Tepe is it's cool art, but it's not of the sophistication that we see in these upper Paleolithic images. So people without agriculture did very high level art. As did the people at Gobekli Tepe, they didn't have agriculture. Agriculture came later. And we could tell that by the by the genetic history of the, the plants. And nobody argues, nobody thinks that, I mean, I've never heard anybody say, even in an altern alternative world, nobody's saying that um, Gobekli Tepe people had agriculture. It's not a- I think the reason is because to create something like that, you needed some sort of civilizational infrastructure to feed people to be able to create the, a project on that scale. And that's why they say some sort of establishment of agriculture or some sort of top-down system of uh, feeding all of these people. Because while you're etching, I'll go hunt for you. Or while you're- Correct. Ah, I'll go hunt for you. I'll go- Which is the same thing or with the, the cave images. Or I'll go garden for you. Yeah, one or the other. But so there may be a blend over in there. Now, they may not have needed to go to full-blown you know, uh, rows of corn and things like that. And I understand that. But there may have been some sort of trade-off in time. And this is why they say they weren't- surviving per se because there was time to do this they weren't running away from a bunch of things and so therefore they had it kind of easier than if they were nomadic or moving around because you needed to stay in a spot and do this you needed some sort of food supply to be able to keep these workers doing this and then you needed the skill to be able to do it in the first place which had to have taken what hundreds of years maybe thousands or longer to acquire which mm -hmm. is interesting um oh so no no i'm saying tens of thousands of years i'm saying it goes yeah. back to 34, 36,000 years right, ago. Right, right here. It's yeah. interesting, man. Keep going down. Let's see more stuff. Yeah. Let's just, yeah. you know, let's, we got we got a few more to go. So we yeah. see there's there's um, elephants on the on the gallery of discs. There's actually two more that we I didn't that's not in this image. This is actually the same elephant. So if you turn your head to the, the left and the right, you can yeah. see that they are in fact the same. One with his ear up and this one with its um, ear down and drinking. Wow. Did you do the so it, it, by the way? 
Yeah, I did. And it derives from another place of pareidolia that we did not talk about today. And that's why, just like we have the pareidolia on the, on the rock of Gibraltar, that you can the images shift back and forth. It's because it's overlapping pareidolia makes two four different characters. Right, right. So there's there's the bird that the kind of bird down there. I don't know what kind of bird it is. And you can see that you can look down. You can see the egg hatch come, coming out of the egg. Yeah, like right and here. We have the yeah, uh, yeah, right in there. You see the, the egg. Yeah. And then we have the standing bird. I don't know what it is. I just, I don't know. I've huh. kind of looked around and I've, and then there's the bird that we saw on the gallery disc standing on the, the teacher's shoulder. Cool stuff. Very cool. And this is an unknown animal on the rising star South Carolina. I don't know what it is. It looks like that know. screaming goat. Have you ever seen that? The picture of the screaming goat and they put metal music to it. You know, it actually does look like a goat. I think you're, you might be on something here. They're like a baby, you it know, does look uh, kid, baby, kid, baby goats, you know, they kind of look like this. Now, it could be a griffin head based on this uh, thing over here. But based on this outline here, especially with the elongated neck, this sort of thing, no uh, horns yet. I'm going to call this an ear. I'm going to say it's a kid. Goat. Yeah, that's an ear. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Goats, goats, an interesting look. Yeah, I don't know. So what I did on this one, you won't be able to see the detail, but I went through all the all the the points on these animals that people can go look. Very so cool. you can skip this one because we were seeing the, I, okay, now here we are. Oh, go, go back up, 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 up. This is important. Go up, up, up. Okay. This is important. It's a little hard to see, but what I do is I overlap the, actually show side by side the, the Gorham etching and the rising star panel and the rising star panel. I actually had to put two images together to make it. Uh. I think you got to go down, down, down. Okay, yeah. up, up. It's up. You got to go up. Yeah, I made it too big. No, you could go down. There, there we go. There we go. And what you could see, like the. So what I did was I put this, the letters. A is the muzzles of the equines. Okay. B is the heads, trunks of the, of the elephant. C is the the heads of the giraffes. D oh. is the lower necks of the giraffes. Uh, e is the heads of bears on four legs, and F is the intersection line between the whale and the other marine animal. They're the same. Wow. That's Isn't that cool? Yeah. That is, it's, it's like, it is. So the question then becomes, which came first? Yeah. The Gorham cave etching or the South African rising star panel? What do you think? I'm asking you first. Come on, you know, I got <laughs> well, lots of opinions. What do you based think? on the theory, uh, Africa, because that's uh, the out of Africa theory is sort of. The... Okay, but no, no, we're not talking. We're, we're, we're stepping beyond that stuff. What we're doing is we're, we have a new reality today, don't we? I'm going to say we're based expanding on our reality. We absolutely are at every time. And <laughs> thank you for the drop in. You get the sound effect. What uh, I would say, based on the information you've delivered here today, the um, Gorham Cave, uh, the Gibraltar, because it was based on the rock. Yes. So we could say that. So absolutely. We can say that. the Well, we can say is that the paradoia came first. Then it was brought into the caves. So we can't say which one was made, which which etch, which art was made first. But we can say is that the though there are features at the rock Gibraltar that also in the same is all the same as this that um, are on both of these images. Now, but here, let's go back again. Remember I said that the, there was a Maasai giraffe, okay, on the gallery of discs that we, and there's also the giraffe on this one. 
they had to have seen the draft before they made both either the Gauravdis or the Gourmetra. They had to see, they had to have been to South Africa to see that draft. So this is what, I haven't actually got all the right images yet, but the draft derives from Paradoya in South Africa on a mountain face. Really? Which mountain? Yeah, so I, I, I have like, I have the piece of the image. I'm trying to find somebody who can trounce around into yeah, the what Drakensberg mountain? to get me a better image. What's the uh, mountain? Well, it's, it's in the Drakensberg. It's on the, it's, um, it's not a, it's a mountain area in the Drakensberg in South Africa. And it's on the, the, um, the path to go to the falls. Now these falls are actually, I think the biggest or second biggest in the world, certainly the biggest in Africa. And there, so I haven't found the, I need a better image. And the image shows the, the, um, the elephants and it shows the, I've got the head of the heads of the giraffes. What I need is like someone standing five foot over to the right yeah. <laughs> of this thing. And and it's what people walk up this path to go to the falls. Well, I, I tell you what, we're going to link all the ways to find you in the show notes. So anybody that wants to go to South Africa uh, with Bernie, it's on him probably, right? Yeah. If you need them to stand five feet away, you'd be tax writable as a production assistant. So, I mean, it's, it's in the Drakensbergs, yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll head over there, and if if you can't find anybody in like three weeks, I'll go with you, dude. Because this sounds amazing. <laughs> Love to do. Well, that. we're going to Spain this September, and next year we're going to Jebotobacal. Where's that? Jebotobacal is in in West North Africa. Morocco is the tallest mountain in in Af in North Africa, and it is one of the other Paradoya sources that we didn't do today. So actually, the the elephants come from the Paradoya of Jebotobacal. Now, Jebotobacal was known in the ancient world by another name and the name was mount atlas and in greek mythology perseus has the head of the gorgon medusa and he climbs up mount atlas and he meets atlas and he turns atlas and everything to stone through the gaze of medusa then hercules later his cousin later comes up and we have the story of him stealing the, the apples so the paradoia was known among the ancient greeks and they, they explain the paradoia through the, the, the gaze of the Gorgon Medusa, who changes everything to stone. Man. So we're, we're climbing Jebel next year. Next, ne so this a year from September. It's about uh, 4,000 feet. That's wild. Well, you know, safe travel. So cool runnings to you. If you've ever seen the movie, that means peace be the journey, right? Uh, and you mean not coming? Well, that's what I'm saying. If you if you don't have anybody to come with you, I'll absolutely strap up and the wife and I'll come with you. Uh, but we'll have you back on either way to talk about this awesome adventure and then whatever you find out there. I wanted to cover a couple things here before we wrap of pareidolia. Now, what's fascinating about this is it's uh, the tendency to perceive a specific, often meaningful image in a random or ambiguous pattern. Now, there have been folks on the interwebs, and my friend, we don't take a stance here, but we do talk about the ideas, and we shall do so now. There's this page that I keep talking about that I haven't pulled up on the show yet, so we're just doing it. It's called Sibs underscore on underscore Insta. Okay, mm -hmm. Sibs on Insta. Their whole thing where the rocks were alive. Now, just take a stroll with us on this. We're not going to hold you to any of these ideas but to introduce them no no i'm totally with it so here's the deal so here's the so there's paradoia all around the world and people see it because but 
when it, it becomes spiritual, it becomes significant. When someone takes that paradoia, they then put it into the night sky as a constellation, or they put it on a stamp, like the old, the, old, the face of the man in New Hampshire. New Hampshire became a stamp. Right. Um, we find paradoia reused all over the time, but it and we we see things, but it becomes spiritually significant, or we have a record of it spiritually significant when we see it on the wall of a cave. When they replicate the parrot, when they replicate the paradoia. So people have been doing this this stuff all around the world since the beginning of time. And it's probably what spirituality probably came from mankind's ability to see paradoia because we saw supernatural in the world and many people could see it. And they said, oh, my God, this is this is something that is not of our making. There you go. You go Devil's Tower. And uh, so which is the. From, it's it's made from the claws of the bear as the hero transported the ch the children up into the sky to avoid the. What the do you bear. think about the idea that things were just huge at one time, like huge people, everything? Because they've found skeletons of giants, even though the Smithsonian has done their best to cover them up. The also these types of things were, dude. This is a tree. This is an ancient tree. So the Devil's Tower is another one of these things where they look at this and they say even the way it fractalizes and breaks up, mm. the claw marks are a cool way to describe what's occurring. But scientifically, what's more accurate to what they're seeing is that it's an ancient tree. And now what you're talking about is this massive tree like this. And these are just little saplings compared to this thing, but still hundreds of feet tall. So then the question is, is what about this pareidolia? Pareidolia, thank you. Pareidolia, yeah. Thank you. Uh, is what if it's true? Like, have you considered it as just like a thought experiment that maybe this was a sure. damn elephant? So this is my perspective. Okay, so people in distant time they saw this, they saw this paradox, and they saw these huge, you know, elephants and huge people and huge whatever, and they interpreted that as in an early time there were these massive giant characters. So if right. we look in Basque mythology, they know that. Actually, they they know it, but they say so. It's in their mythology that the 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 earth, the, the the mountains came from the inner earth. When they came from the earth, they created these huge giant-like characters. So the so this is where we all come from. This is animism. This is the, this is the original spirituality. And so when people, so were there were there giant bunny rabbits like that? Absolutely not. But people would have believed there were giant bunny rabbits and they would have origin stories to explain these giant bunny rabbits just as we have the origin story to explain the black uh, bear butte lodge in the black hills that is also connected to the night sky as in gemini so it's like it's it's incredible Mm -hmm. But the people have had – so I didn't invent that concept. The Lakota, Lakota had it long before I came along, and it was published in a literature um, by, by so people who lived among the Lakota, and they, they documented this in these traditions. It's, so, yes, we find it all around the world, but no, I don't believe there were, there were giant bunnies like that one. But I believe that people in the past saw that paradoia in that rock, and they believed – there was a giant bunny, and therefore they could have been told in myths that we currently we have to our day that have this. Just isn't the case of 
Bear Butte Lodge, Devil's Tower, with the bears. I mean, they must be pretty big bears to make those striations, right? I mean, it's uh, just, well, they and that's the thing. Maybe that necessarily wasn't a bear. I mean, maybe the bear was, but it was seems like it was a. If you take the story, then what you're hearing it presupposes that trees were that big, which maybe bears were that big, but maybe they weren't. But it also definitely says what you're looking at is a giant ancient tree. And then when you look at things like this, even within the mythology, it says that. And then when you look at stuff like this, where a tree stump right next to this, I mean, it, it's this as above, so below. And this is on just such a mind-blowing scale that I think it's kind of challenging for us to even wrap around this, just even for funsies. It's, it's very, very interesting, though, because when you look at the correlations, and again, whenever you look at, there are so many rock formations out there uh, that are uh, trees, not rocks. So again, you look at something like this after looking at that tree and going, maybe that dude slept under that tree at one point. You know what I mean? It just, it makes the mind go. I'm not saying there's any factual evidence based on it other than the um, pareidolia that we're able to anthropomorphize onto these rock structures. But uh, it's just interesting. I find the whole thing fascinating. I think what you do is awesome. Um, I think you're a delight. So you're welcome back any damn time. Uh, we're we're going to wrap it here on just reminding everyone that the video version is in the show notes if you haven't checked for that yet. Also, that all the ways to find you are located down in the show notes, and we're looking forward to seeing you after your trip. But beyond that, I wanted to ask you, sir, to close out for us and just let us know what gets you out of bed every morning. What keeps you ticking? What keeps you moving? And besides anticipating you to play guitar when i was going to do my slideshow you got to come see it come in uh come hang out with us next august not this august 24 we're doing another contact at the canyon with grime america and everybody we're already we're committed to that so you got to come i do bring the guitar for that okay that's when we look at the stars and we i can i can explain to you about it it's it's not an ancient tree but rather the the bear lifted the actually the, the, the star boy hero lifts the ground into the sky and the bear made the stri striations so that we have completely different worldviews on this one absolutely <laughs> but anyway <laughs> I think your way is cool too I, I find the mythology fascinating if it's just a rock it's cool as shit it's just the um the whole thing is is awesome you know I don't plant my flag like I'm fine if it's all like, <laughs> flat and round I'm totally cool with that if this is just all simulation I'm fine with it like I just have fun so what gets what gets me out of bed in the morning is to have fun podcasts with people like you. Come on. That's it. That's why I woke up this morning. I mean, I had a full day of work, but this is really my, the end of my day was really to to share. I'm not we, I wasn't ready to go down the road to go Beckley Tepe. I wasn't ready to go down to the Rising Star Cave in South Africa. You've you've kind of pulled it out of me, you know, but um, but yeah, we'll do another session again. Yeah. Absolutely. The title of the show is for everyone involved, by the way. It expands mine, it expands the audience, but it absolutely will expand yours as well. And that's why we look forward to all of these, because we all learn and grow together, and we're all just sort of walking each other home. And walking with somebody like you makes it more fun, dude. You're, the way you view the world is fascinating, and the way that you're able to see that in the rock, I wouldn't have seen it that way had you not have pointed it out. So I'm grateful for the new eyes to see things, man. It's a pleasure as well. Let's, let's just do it again and Play some music. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger. 
for the ones who get it done.